This weekend, we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Trinity. Trinity is a word that means three, and it refers to the doctrine that we believe that God is one God, three persons. It's hard to understand. Actually, it's impossible to fully understand. That's why the church calls it a mystery. But it's not a mystery like an Agatha Christie murder that we can solve. It's a mystery because it can never be fully understood or explained in human terms. But just because it can never be fully understood, it doesn't mean that we can't understand it in part. It's easy to understand that God is a personal God. God is not a force, like the force in Star Wars. God is not energy. God is personal. You can have a personal relationship with God, just as you can have a relationship with me. But God is not just one person, but three. This too makes sense. Think of it. God is love. Love is relationship. You, you can't be love in isolation. That is why God is relationship. God is lover, beloved, and the love that they share. God is a trinity of love, a relationship of God, of love. So we may not be able to fully understand it, but we can definitely understand it in part. God is love. God is relationship. God is trinity. And we are in the image of God, which means that we are called to live inside that trinity of love relationship. We are called to love, to be loved, to give love, to be lovers and beloveds. Today we contemplate on the wonder of God, the mystery of God, the mystery of love. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, I'm Deacon Pedro, and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. We begin today with a winner. Beth Mahoney of Taunton, Massachusetts. Beth, you've won a copy of Trevor Thompson's In Shadow and in Light that we featured on this program a few weeks ago. Congratulations. Remember, it's really easy to win a prize. Just go to saltandlighttv.org slash radio and enter your name and your email address. You can also send us a voice message directly off our site or send me a message via Facebook or Twitter and I will personally enter you into the draw. Today, Emily is back, sitting in for Stefan with our weekly news, and Andrew will be here with a Saint of the Week. In about 15 minutes, Mark Matthews, our Hollywood undercover missionary, will be here to tell us about true masculinity. That should be interesting. That's all coming up very soon. In our second half hour, we'll be speaking with Father Willie Raymond of Holy Cross Family Ministries. Father Willie used to be the director at Family Theater Productions in Hollywood for many years, and so we'll be speaking about the work that they do at Family Theater Productions. After that, we'll be speaking with singer-songwriter Noel Garcia. I've heard about Noel for many years now, and it's, I really like her music, so it's really exciting to finally have her on the show. Let's begin our program with a song. Here's Noel Garcia with a song for Memorial Day, song for our soldiers from her album, Set the World on Fire. Did he know what he was getting into? Did she know she turned over her whole life? Did their families understand that they may be left behind? I wonder what it takes to have the courage to serve our country. The men and women with their lives on the line Say it's all in the line of duty I thank God for our soldiers I thank God for our Marines 
national guard on behalf of their sacrifice i pray let freedom reign i remember that freedom is always purchased at a price the price of a priceless life one that cannot be replaced for all of time i pray the freedom you fought to find find you the National Guard On behalf of their sacrifice I pray let freedom reign Let freedom reign Oh, let freedom That was Noel Garcia with Song for Our Soldiers from her album Set the World on Fire. We're going to be speaking with Noel Garcia in our second half hour, but now here is Emily with our news. Emily, welcome back. Hi, Pedro. So we had a big beatification over the weekend. Yes, and that beatification was for Archbishop Oscar Romero, yes. who was Archbishop of San Salvador. So around 200,000 pilgrims gathered in the capital on Plaza Divino Salvador del Mundo yeah. for this beatification mass on Saturday, May 23rd. Mm-hmm. Now, the night before the beatification, there was a vigil. Um, which was organized in the city, and it started with a procession, and it was open throughout the whole night. Yes. Now, the next day, um, the Mass was presided by Cardinal Angelo Amato, who's the prefect for the Congregation for the Cause of Saints. Mm-hmm. And to, uh, to this number of pilgrims, um, there were also cardinals and bishops and about 1,000 priests that were present, yes. um, including also yeah. Yeah, government officials. Yes. Um, so Archbishop Romero was a sign of hope and reconciliation for the people, especially for uh, the poor and the, the mm-hmm. marginalized, especially during the Civil War um, that yeah. basically overshadowed the country for about a dozen years. Yes. And um, so Pope Francis also wrote a letter to the now Archbishop of San Salvador, um, Archbishop José Luis Escobar Alas. Mm-hmm. For the beatification, and the Holy Father noted that Archbishop Romero had this capacity to see and to hear the suffering of his people. And he also said he had this grace to identify fully with Christ to give his life like him for his sheep. Yes. And so he is he is buried in the cathedral in San Salvador, and so he will be forever close to his people. Yes, it was it was a very moving. I hope that some of our listeners had a chance to watch it. We did the I did the live broadcast here from Salt and Light, um, and that that remains on our website forever. Saltandlighttv.org/slash/romero. If you'd like to watch that beatification mass um, in English with with my commentary, um, it's there. And as Emily said, the, the 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 homily by Cardinal Amato, as well as the message from the Holy Father Pope Francis, 
were were excellent messages. Uh, Archbishop Romero was a great man. Anyway, so um, in Canada, we've been yes. talking about assisted suicide for a while now, but the Canadian bishops have actually made something official now. Well, actually, they they just wrote a letter. So yes. uh, the president of the CCCB, Archbishop Paul André Du Rocher, who is um, also Archbishop of Gatineau, so yes. he wrote a letter to uh, Minister of Justice and Attorney General of Canada, Peter McKay, basically um, following the decision to allow, by the Supreme Court, to allow um, people the right to medically assisted suicide. Um, they will now be opening a public consultation that will last throughout the year. Uh-huh. So um, the CCCB is asking the government to be included in this consultation. Okay. Yes. I see. So the CCCB, the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops, is asking the government to make sure that they include the church exactly. in their consultations. Exactly. Yeah. So so basically for people who don't know what's going on, and you can correct me if I get this wrong. So in February or so, the, the, the Canadian government or the, 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 the justice, Supreme the Court Supreme Court of Canada, yeah, struck, like changed the criminal basically the, the criminal code saying that it, that assisted suicide is no longer a criminal offense. Well, yeah, exactly. And they were saying it should be allowed. Yes, and that they gave the government a whole year to rewrite the law, basically. Right, exactly. So that's so, why there's a consultation. Yeah, so this will basically just determine in what in what ways or in what context, um, yes. what are the details basically of this legislation. And so our Archbishop uh, Durocher in this letter, um, you know, shared the profound... The, the troubling news, I yes. guess, and their yeah, concerns, yeah. the, their concerns for what could happen and how this could affect Absolutely. Um, yeah. all of Canada, really. Yeah, it is uh, it is troubling. Um, and in Rome, the Holy Father continues his message to families to and families. marriages, and, and he's, this week he spoke to engaged couples. Yes, he did. He did so. He pointed out that a couple's engagement is something that shouldn't be dealt with superficially. That is, it's a serious time of reflection, of prayer, that they can get to know each other better in order to also share a plan for mm-hmm. for their future. So he, he also gave them kind of a, a list of suggestions of things that they could do to, to prepare during uh, during this time of, of okay. engagement. So they were talking, he talked about Marriage preparation courses, for example. Yes. Um, as well as, as prayer and the sacraments. He also gave them a must-read, which was a novel called The Betrothed uh-huh. by Alessandro Manzoni. So this, he said, was a masterpiece about fiancés who suffer greatly before arriving at marriage. And so it created this environment or this opportunity for them to gain more trust. Yeah. That's very cool. Marriage prep with the Pope. Yeah. If you, <laughs> and I guess when the Pope makes a, a, a reading suggestion, we should all go and buy that book. <laughs> Bookstores, I'm sure that they're stocking on this book. The, yeah. be, the Betrothed. The next bestseller. You said The Betrothed by Alessandro Mazzoni? Manzoni. Manzoni. Yeah. The Betrothed. There we go. I'm going to have to go find that book. And I know I'm not going to let you go because I know you want to. You have one more news that you want to tell us about this little old church building in Quebec. Yeah, well, you'd think it was little, but it was actually, it's pretty big. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know we, we talk a lot about the, the cathedral in yes. Quebec City that gets a lot of yes. rap because, you know, of the news and media yes. and stuff like that. Yes. But this church is also in Old Quebec. It's called St. John the Baptist. Yeah. And it was built in 1884. Wow. And it was also, it is now part of the cultural and religious heritage of Quebec. It's uh-huh. one of the landmarks. Um, and so it closed its doors on Sunday on 
Pentecost with about 2,000 people gathering for for a celebration mm-hmm. there, for its last celebration. Now, this church is, isn't going to be closed forever. Um, it's just close to the public. Okay. Um, they're just, they're waiting for, for kind of its, its new vocation. Um, right now, it, uh, it just didn't have the, uh, enough funds to sustain itself. Okay. And so it's being taken in by, by the, the city of, right. of Quebec. Okay, so the building is not closed, the parish is closed. Yes. That's what you mean. Yes. Very sad when they close parishes. Anyway, thank you, Emily. Emily Callan. Thank you, Pedro. Emily Callan is our uh, French news producer here at Salt and Light. You can watch our daily perspectives update Monday to Thursday in English and French. Emily hosts the French program on Salt and Light TV and also online at saltandlighttv.org and also on our Roku channel. Hi, this is Father Rob Gallia and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Coming up, what's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our Hollywood undercover missionary. Now it's time for Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Deacon Pedro, how are you? I am good. Andrew, welcome back. So, Thanks for having me. I, I, today's, well, I know who the saint is, so I'm not going to pretend that I don't know, but but she's she's a saint that is well known. I think she's one of my favorite saints, actually. And Absolutely. I think, and I we think, all know that there was a movie made was. Um, after her. So, uh, no, and I think there's a lot at, of... Uh, let's look at St. Joan of Arc. St. Joan of Arc. A lot of people... Okay. Yes. Uh, what do we know about... Um, what do we know about Joan of Arc's story? Well, we know that uh, she was burned at the stake yeah. because many people thought that she was a heretic. Yes. So there's a lot that went into kind of that story. Um, it really was, in a sense, politically motivated. Um, so she was born of a fairly well-to-do couple um, just southeast of Paris, which I did not know. I thought she was further south in France, but um, she's from a small town of Domremy Gru. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. Uh, I just butchered that, but it's just southeast of Paris. Yeah. Uh, she was only 12 when she experienced a vision and heard voices that she personally identified as Saints Michael the Archangel, Margaret of Antioch, um, whose story I just read recently as well, and Catherine of Alexandria. Okay. So during the Hundred Years' War, uh, Joan of Arc led French troops against the English. So for all of you historians out there, um, you will know that Joan of Arc pay, uh, played a huge role in that. She led French troops against the English, and she helped to recapture the cities of um, Orleans and Troyes. Yeah. Um, that really enabled um, uh, Charles to be crowned as king in Rheims in 1429. She was captured uh, that following year, and we know that in her story she was sold to the English, and she was placed on trial for heresy and witchcraft. Hmm. Um, professors at the University of Paris um, supported, you know, Bishop Pierre Cochon of Beauvais. He was the, the bishop at that time um, and the judge at her trial. And, you know, going back even more into history, um, we know that Cardinal Beaufort of Winchester, England, participated in the questioning of Joan in prison. Yeah. So um, the English really resented uh, France's military success, to which Joan really contributed. She was on the front lines. Um, so it was in 1431 that she was burned at the stake in, in, in Rouen, Rouen uh-huh. and her ashes were scattered in the Seine River. Hmm. So a second church trial that took place 25 years later um, ended up nullifying the earlier verdict, which, hmm. as I mentioned before, was really reached under um, political pressure. She was burned at the stake because it was really political motivation. Um, 
Joan, we know, had a great love for the sacraments, which yeah. really strengthened her compassion toward the poor. She's another classic example of um, a saint who really reached out to those who were poor. Um, popular devotion to her uh, really increased in 19th century France and later among French soldiers mm-hmm. during World War, uh, during the First World War. So um, Joan of Arc has been the subject, um, as you know, of many books, many plays, a lot of movies, and a lot of operas as well. Uh-huh. So we celebrate our feast day today in the church, uh, Saturday, May the 30th. So um, St. Joan of Arc, pray for us if you haven't had the chance to watch the movie or learn more about this classic European saint. Um, Joan of Arc is the person to learn about. Yeah, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about her, so about what happened. Yeah, there's it's a, a confusing lot of story. Even, you know, yeah. uh, talking with people in the church or, or you know, even priests and whatnot, uh, people just don't really understand fully her story until you look deeper and see what she really did. And she was 19 or something when she was burned at the yeah, stake, right? Yeah, she was Very 19. Young. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. She was 12 when she received that vision. Yeah. Just imagine if you had those three angels show up to you in a vision at the age of 12. Crazy. That's, uh, that would be quite something. Yes. Yeah. St. Joan of Arc, May 30th. Thank you, Andrew Santos. Have a great week. Andrew Santos, our saint expert, is the youth director at St. Justin Martyr Parish in Markham, Ontario. Hi, I'm Emma Fred, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour every week on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129, on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network, on Holy Family Radio, on the Lamb Catholic Radio, on the Baraga Radio Network, and on Relevant Radio, also on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And now it's time for... What's Good in Hollywood? With our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Mark. Hello, Pedro. How are you doing today? I am very good. I am very good. I am very good. And you're going to tell us about something that is very relevant today, right? Yes. 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 Something that I think is very appropriate for our day and age. Yes. So, um, so for the last seven years living in Hollywood, I've actually led a Catholic men's fellowship group called Bibles and Brew. And we deal with two things. We talk about catechetics, basics of the faith, relationship with Christ. Um, but we also talk a lot about men's issues, so things like leadership, initiative, fatherhood, purity. Um, and, you know, Hollywood being the cultural center of the world, I think it's very clear that we essentially have a global crisis of masculinity. Uh-huh. And what I have found is that in a lot of my personal encounters with people here, I find many people looking for validation. Mm-hmm. And for men, this essentially means they're asking the question, they're saying, well, Am I, am I masculine? Am I a man? What does it mean to be a man? Right. So I wanted to talk about what is true masculinity, because I think uh, there's maybe not a lot of clear answers out there, at least especially from a Catholic or Christian perspective. Yes, yes, or, so, or from, a, from a Hollywood missionary who is not a psychologist perspective. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm a little bit out of my league here. <laughs> no, this um, is good. This is but, good. There's books that have been written about this, but <clears throat> so the first thing we can say is, well, yes, biologically, uh, men are different than women. That's yes. obvious. Yes. Um, but psychologically, are we different? And the interesting thing is that there's actually overwhelming scientific evidence that says yes, 
our psychology is very different between mm-hmm. men and women. Absolutely. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not cool to say this in public. It's very politically incorrect. Uh-huh. But it only makes sense. If we have different biology, uh, we're going to have different neurology, different psychology, and also different theology. Yeah. So from a very theology of the body angle, you know, God created our body's masculine, and there is meaning to that. Absolutely. Can I just stop you there for a second? Because oh, I, I sure. want to know, because I do this when, when I do marriage prep in my parish. I do this, uh-huh. this the, the male, female, and the sex talk. And, you know, I'll have... 10, 20 couples, and I always ask them, are men and women different biologically? And everybody says, yes. Are men and women different emotionally? And they all look at me and say, yes. Are men and women different chemically? Yeah. And they look at me like I'm an idiot because it's so obvious. So even though you say that it's not cool to say it in public, I think that people know that, yeah, duh, of course we're different emotionally. Of course we're different psychologically. Anyway, continue. I'm just (laughs) reinforcing what you're saying here. Yeah, no, it's just, it's a little crazy that it's, that it's not acceptable to say that. You yes. Know? But, um, but yeah, so, um, so to maybe try and pin it down a little bit more, you know, yeah. what exactly is masculinity? Um, a very highly respected Catholic psychiatrist, Dr. Philip Mango, he identifies four main kind of archetypes or recurring themes of what it means to be a man. We can see transculturally through, through myths and story and art and music. Right. And the first one that he talks about is man as warrior, mm. you know. Now, you're all thinking, oh, that means Braveheart, Braveheart. Right. Yes. <laughs> but the way he defines it is a person who actively initiates positive action for the good of others to protect and defend. Uh-huh. And so we're not going to be fighting a physical battle, but we all fight a very spiritual battle to say no to sin and yes to Christ. So... You know, for many men, this is a big battle against pornography, but you can take that battle out into the world and say, hey, we're going to go pray in front of an adult club or something like that. Yeah. So, so you know, that kind of means, you know, be, be offensive with it. Uh, the next thing he talks about is man as king, and this essentially is a person who bestows order or blessing. You know, they lead, they guide, they encourage, they make tough decisions, they're there for their family, their wife, their church, and society. Uh, essentially, a servant leader who would go into the world and say, hey, what does this place need? Well, I'm just going to do it. You know, I, I'm not going to wait for someone to ask me to do it. Just uh-huh. have the confidence. Right. And he also talks about bestowing blessing. And this is essentially, this is normally and ideally communicated between father and son, mm-hmm. saying, son, you have what it takes. You're a man. You can do this. And this is so important that it's one of the few times in Scripture when we actually hear God the Father's voice in the baptism of the Lord saying, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Right. Listen to Him. Right. So, you know, and most men have not heard that, no. you know. And it's very important for them to hear that. Stuff from their fathers, we can say it to each other. Mm-hmm. And then the last kind of most important archetype is man as lover. Um, and essentially, we need to take our sexuality seriously. So the two perversions of this that we see in the world, uh, of course, are either given entirely, becoming sexually addicted to uh, masturbation, pornography, sex, whatever, mm-hmm. or completely repressing it, saying, oh, I'm not a sexual being. No, there's, there's nothing sexual in me at all. But what God wants is He wants us to take charge of it, take ownership, 
and then it can become a gift mm-hmm. where we can give it to others and not take it. So a true man would use his sexuality, tenderness, and friendship to look at uh, a woman as a sister in Christ. You know, it's it's okay to give him a hug and say, hey, you know, you look beautiful today. Hmm. So that's what has to be sort of integrated to be a completely whole man. So, mm-hmm. And the last is man as a wise counselor, and this kind of applies to men, you know, who are, say, 50 and older, you know, who have gained all this wisdom and character and love, and they need to share it with others. So I don't encounter a lot of people in that age bracket, uh, so we don't talk about that one as much. Um, but basically, it's very important for men to get together and, and talk from the gut about these kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. So, and so it, in, a, in a nutshell, that is masculinity. I, I like it very much. And, and you know what? I, I, I'm going to encourage you that even though, and I know you're not, you're not near 50, I'm closer to 50 than you are. But you know what? You can be you in your age group can be a wise counselor to men who are much younger than you in their twenties or even in mm. their adolescence. Because when I was in my twenties, I think I I was in that role as an older brother to a lot uh-huh. of teenagers, to a lot of that, teenage that, boys. That is a great point. We are always a wise counselor to those younger than us. Absolutely, sure. absolutely, and and uh, and you are a wise counselor to us today, uh, bringing us this. So I'm just going to do a quick review. So man as warrior. Man as king, man as lover, and man as wise counselor. I, yeah. I, I hope that you're going to write all these down and we'll be able to publish them uh, in, our, in our blog. Right, Mr. Yeah. Mark Matthews? Yes, absolutely. There will be a blog post on this. Okay, very good. And maybe, maybe one day we can also do a little bit more, learn a little bit more about your uh, uh, Bibles and Brew program. Oh, yes, maybe for sure. Some I, love, people I love are talking about our ministry. And maybe yeah. I can encourage our listeners, if they want, to write to us and let us know about the the men's group in your parish or or the man men's group that you belong to or that you belong to because I think that this is something that a lot of a lot of communities need. We need more uh, groups or things for men to do uh, where we can yes. nourish ourselves spiritually, and and if they involve beer, it's it's <laughs> it's even better. Yeah. So absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more, Pedro. Excellent, excellent. So, Mark Matthews, thank you very much. Mark, you are my son, and in you I am well pleased. Thank you. Thank you, Pedro. I accept your wisdom and your blessing. There you have it. Mark Matthews, what's good in Hollywood. Mark Matthews is our undercover Hollywood missionary. You can follow him on Twitter, at HUMissionary. Coming up in our second half hour, Family Theater Productions, and we meet singer-songwriter Noel Garcia. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. For the past 67 years, Family Theatre Productions has been creating family-friendly films and radio and television programs. Family Theatre Productions are part of the Holy Cross Family Ministries that were founded by Father Patrick Payton. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Father Willie Raymond, President of Holy Cross Family Ministries. Father Willie, it's so good to have you in our... In our, in our midst, <laughs> in person. Well, it's great to be here with you, Deacon Pedro, on, uh, on uh, Salt and Light Radio. It's a uh, 
pleasure. I've uh, been here a few times in the past and uh, yes. came here for World Youth Day. Yes. And uh, delighted to be Yeah, it's good to, to have you in Canada. You. And, and I've been with you in, in Hollywood, too. And we'll talk, we'll talk about that. So for people who are just hearing uh, th- these terms for the first time, Holy Cross Family Ministries, what, what is that? Sure. Holy Cross is the congregation that Father Peyton was a member of and yeah. that I'm a member of as well. Yeah. So... We took Family Rosary, which he founded in 1942, okay. and then Family Theater, which he founded in 1947, and we uh, we kept them together as he had them. But we've we've used uh, the term Holy Cross Family Ministries since he died in 1992. So Holy Cross so, Family Ministry is kind of like the umbrella that includes Family Theater Productions and Holy Family Ho- Holy Cross. Sorry. See, I, this family is, Rosary. Family Rosary. <laughs> yes, thank <right>. you. <laughs> I always that's it. exactly it. It's a good. It's an umbrella for, <laughs> okay. and it's we're in 17 countries too, in uh, quite a few countries uh, outside of North America. Right, and I think people would be familiar with Family Rosary. Yes. Because of Father Peyton, but also because it ex- does exist, right. like you said, in so many other countries. In fact, I remember growing up in Panama, the bumper sticker, La Familia Que Reza Unida Permanente, the family that See. prays together, stays together. Exactly. And, and that, I thought that was just like a church thing, and then now I know I know where it came from. Sure. And it actually, it originated, that phrase originated yeah. in Hollywood. And nice. it originated with Al Scalpone, who was a copywriter in Hollywood. Yeah. And he gave it to Father Peyton, and Father Peyton took it and made it famous all around the world. Okay, so 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 for people who don't know who Father Peyton is, because I suppose sure. that's possible, so he he was a pioneering, he was in Hollywood doing radio, starting radio. T- tell us more. Sure, amazing. is an amazing man. He was an Irish immigrant, went to Scranton, Pennsylvania, then went to the University of Notre Dame. He he underwent uh, when he was studying for the priesthood uh, a healing from terminal tuberculosis that he attributed to Mary, mm-hmm. and and so he dedicated. And this is the passion behind everything he he did. After that, he he dedicated his life and his priesthood to spreading family rosary and the family prayer to right. honor Mary. And uh, he's very single minded and passionate about about that so right. he had these rosary rallies all around the world mm-hmm. some in some cases a million two million people yeah and and in 1947 he founded family theater productions first radio then television and film because he knew that in person he could reach a few million people but through the media mass media he could reach millions all around the world but then it started with the desire to to pray the rosary through media is that, exactly. that the genesis yeah and to yeah. and and especially to pray the rosary in the context of the family right family prayer that's why the phrase the, the family, family that prays together right. stays together so people could turn on the radio and pray the rosary along yes. with the program that right. was the idea right and so, when he he loved hollywood by the way and and <laughs> was quite a figure there in the in the early years in the golden years of hollywood and he was a media pioneer. He used he used uh, radio, especially radio dramas, and he yeah. used uh, he had an agreement with Mutual, the broadcast, the largest broadcast system in the country yeah. at the time. Uh, they they promised to broadcast a weekly radio drama as long as he had a, a major Hollywood personality on the show each week. Okay. So Loretta Young, Donna Michi, Steve, uh, Jimmy Stewart, Bing Ronald Reagan, yeah. Bing Crosby, all those characters. Wow. It became the thing to do in Hollywood to get on the family theater of the air, Father Peyton's uh, family That's theater. That's amazing. So, and then he, he also filmed The Whole Life of Jesus in, in uh, Spain. 
uh-huh. uh, through the mysteries of the rosary, and and they were the, the 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 Vatican exhibit at the Brussels World Fair. Really, and you know, and those are still distributed today through Family Theater. That's and, great. And you've continued doing radio and television programs. That's right. And, films. and now we're using the internet in, yeah. a, in a big way. Of course, we, we, yeah. We're on YouTube and we're, yeah, we're, we're starting a, 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 a Ustream channel yeah. uh, coming uh, this, uh, this fall, we yeah. hope, as well. So. Now, you were, you were director of family theater productions for 15 years. Yes. Yeah. So what's it like to be a priest in Hollywood? <laughs> Well, it was it was very interesting. Uh, you know, <laughs> you could walk around. Uh, we're we're right on Sunset Boulevard in yeah. Hollywood, so uh, I had some occasions to go up to Hollywood Boulevard, and there you have all these characters dressed as Batman and Spider Man <laughs> and Marilyn Monroe and all that. So yeah. people would come up and say, "Like, are you are a you priest a- <laughs> or is this a costume?" And so that, those things those things would happen. Uh, and yeah. in any case. Um, I really, I'm I'm myself, and I want always wanted to just be myself as a person, as a priest in Hollywood. So I yeah. was in Hollywood, but not of Hollywood. Yeah. There, I I did get to meet uh, some of the some of the um, the people that uh, you would recognize from the bygone days, uh, Mrs. Hope. Yeah, uh, Bob, Hope's Bob Hope's wife, wife. Dolores, uh, Ricardo Montalban, yeah. people like that. Jim Caviezel, who's still yeah, very active. He's on Person of Interest yes. now. And he was Jesus and the Passion yeah. of the Christ. Yeah. And, um, you know, a, a lot of uh, lot of those characters. Uh, mm-hmm. I was in a parish. I lived in St. Monica's in Santa Monica. Oh, so yes. wonderful. I have been to parish that parish. Community. Yeah. Yes. And yes. it's uh, a lot of it's, a lot of people in that in that uh, parish are involved in the entertainment Isn't that industry. Arnold Schwarzenegger's so. parish? Yeah, it was said, until, yeah. Uh, you know, until they split up. And I, <laughs> oh, I, I don't know gosh. what happened, but Maria's oh, there and yeah. the kids are there. So. <laughs> so, so you, you still, family theater production still makes, uh, actually, no, I was going to, so that you, you, I know that the, 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 the rosary with the stars is a production that you've made. Right. That I know we air here on Salt and Light television, um, that you've used actors. Sure. Um, uh, and I know that some of the radio programs, maybe some of our listeners, because they listen to Catholic radio in, in mm-hmm. the United States, have heard family theater. So the classic radio programs, classic radio programs those yeah. are the those are the ones that go back. They actually on mutual that that family theater of the air, those classic radio dramas, uh-huh. uh, uh, ran for twenty two years, and wow. then we've in the last uh, fifteen years we remastered all of them, and because. They needed they needed a lot of attention because they were yeah. on these old yes. acetate discs and all that. So they've been yeah. remastered. They've been re-released. Most of them are still holding up very well. Right. So you can hear them on relevant radio. You can hear them on serious radio. Yeah. Excellent. All of that. And now, I know I, I am also very familiar with some of the, can I call them the, the, the half-hour f- films? Sure, that, the dramas. That you've made, the dramas. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about those. Sure, and, and those, those are all faith-based and family-friendly. They're they're generally just under a half hour. Yeah. And they're uh, they're also related to one of the mysteries of the rosary, but they're freestanding dramas. Okay. And, and uh, in some cases, you, you know, once you realize, oh, this is related to the Eucharist, like family dinner, mm-hmm. then you make... But it's still a good story, even right. if you don't know that. And the same thing with uh, Guardian Angels, which yeah. is the latest So film. these are the last two, Family Dinner, uh, I guess it's uh, about a year or two years old or so now. Yeah, well, not even a year. Not, oh, like, really? Yeah, Just last year. 
Right. We've been very, they've been very busy out there since I left. <laughs> I left They're there in July the 1st. <laughs> yeah, and then they <laughs> cranked up production. So. so Family Dinner is one of the videos, uh, and Guardian Angels is the latest one. Tell Guardian Angels. That. Guardian yeah. Angels is a, a wonderful short film. It's about, uh, surprisingly, a little, a little boy whose parents were both killed in a, in a crash. And, and it's the way he, in his imagination, uh, starts uh, dealing with with this loss and he imagines that that uh, uh, that there are guardian angels that and they have to go to school in in guardian angel okay. schools so he's, yeah, yeah. he's he imagines this whole uh, this whole situation where these uh, these guardian angels are are going to this it's called divinity school yeah. and uh, they um, there there are characters in in the um, in guardian angels that are from uh, some of the actors are uh, Miriam Margulies, uh, Margolis okay, from yeah. Harry Potter, yeah, and uh, Pomona. Uh, she she played um, uh, Pomona Sprout in Harry Potter. Uh-huh. There's Bruce Spence, who's in the Chronicles of Narnia and Mad Max Two, right. and Sonia Todd, who starred in Shine, uh, and the the. Uh, this uh, this is about the way in which um, the. Uh, this young boy uh, uses his creative gifts to cope with the death of his parents, and right. he turns, in turn, he comforts other orphans who have lost their parents. And he, it's a delightful fantasy film right. Right. for the whole family. It was actually written, directed, produced in Australia, and we have oh, bought the rights man. to it. So I it's see. a little unusual for ours, but it's we thought it really fit in right. well, and it's really a it's a wonderful short nice. film. So it's a half an hour format. What is your hope? Is it to be used in, for catechetical purposes, or, um, or yeah, I guess anybody we, can use sure, it. Sure, anybody can use it. We broadcast it on on yeah. uh, Salt yes. and Salt yeah, and Salt Light, Light, and um, on uh, Catholic TV as well, out yeah. of Boston. And we um, we use it for catechetical purposes. Confirmation programs right. really like can these. They're them. kind of at the top end of the, yeah. the kind of catechetical material that's available. Right. For so, so if we have any catechists out there or youth ministers or uh, or parents, anybody who would like to, they can just go to your website and see what uh, we spoke about two of these videos, but there are many more as well as, as so many other things. There's so much we could talk about, but we're out of time. Um, uh, thank you so much for what you do. And I guess now, I, should I say congratulations on your new post? I guess your so. New, <laughs> your new responsibilities. <laughs> Some people say I've been kicked upstairs, but it's actually I'm very excited about the the work that we're doing. We're in 17 countries. And, yes, that's and you know I can't get into that right now. But it's um, our 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 mission is really to look after the health, the spiritual welfare of families mm-hmm. to help families pray. So yes, whatever we do, whether it's in film or in programs that we run, it's all geared to helping families pray. Yes. We believe the family that prays together stays together and, you know, it brings great blessings into their, into their individual lives and their family lives. Amen. That's, that's a good note to end on. Great. Um, cause we all need help with prayer and, and to, to help families stay together. Father Willie Raymond, thank you so much for being here with us. Father Willie Raymond is the president of Holy Cross Family Ministries. He's the former director of Family Theater Productions. You can learn more about Holy Cross Family Ministries at their website, HCFM, Holy Cross Family Ministries, hcfm.org. And you can learn more about Family Theater Productions at familytheater.org. I'm going to put those links on our site so you can find them easily. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Noel Garcia, with I Thank You, Lord, from her album, Meet Me Where I Am. 
Garcia with I Thank You Lord from her album Meet Me Where I Am. Noel Garcia is a singer-songwriter based in Kansas who has been in ministry for over 10 years. She says that her primary mission is to teach through her own testimony that we are all wonderfully made in God's image. Noel uses music, story, witness, and prayer to spread the gospel, and her ministry is lived through her vocation as wife and mother to three beautiful children and one on the way. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, Noel has two albums and is currently working on a new one with her husband, David. And to tell us more about all of this, I am now joined by Noel Garcia. Noel, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So um, I know you live in Kansas now. You didn't grow up in Kansas. Tell me what was what it was like to grow up in the Garcia. Uh, Garcia is your married name or I should I should have asked. Garcia is my maiden is name. Maiden I told name. my husband to change his name to Garcia, but he didn't <laughs> fall for that one. <laughs> so what was it like to grow up in the Garcia household? Well, it was always very busy. I'm the oldest of six kids, and three are adopted through foster care. Uh-huh. 
Um, my dad is Mexican. His parents are from Mexico. My mom is Caucasian. And um, we grew up in South Texas and then moved um, just kind of all around the country growing up. And I moved to Kansas from Michigan after I was married. Yeah. So... Um, was it yeah, a, what do you want to know? Well, was it a Catholic household? It was a Catholic household. We went to church. Um, we were raised in the faith. Um, but when I was a teenager, I started to reject all of that as normally, yeah. you know, we kind of go through that phase. But my big testimony and my message to young people is through that experience. Yeah. Um, because when I rejected the faith, I rejected it because I didn't feel loved. Um, being the oldest, yeah. I used to get all the attention, and all of a sudden I've got you know, five younger siblings, um, and uh, the attention was split. Then uh-huh. I was homeschooled also, and I love homeschoolers. I love homeschooling. We're actually starting to homeschool our own because we travel so much. Right. But I didn't have any friends. And uh, so not feeling that love, not feeling love from, um, you know, my faith because I was really struggling with my self-image. And uh-huh. I didn't think that, you know, if God loved me, why would he create me? Um, to be what I considered as ugly. And so I started to kind of spiral into a depression. Um, And what brought me out of that was going to a retreat where um, I really encountered the love of God for the first time through better understanding his passion and death on the cross. Right. How old were you? Sorry, how old were you for that retreat? I was around 15. Okay, so you were still going through your adolescence. Um, I, I, I do want to know more about that, but were you? was it a musical household? Were you already doing music at that point in time in your life? I started taking piano lessons when I was 10 years old. Um, I had a little friend who had started homeschooling with me, and she played piano very well, and I wanted to be better than her. Um, <laughs> so I started taking piano lessons, but then... Um, I started singing after my retreat experience. I joined this praise and worship band, um, which was getting ready for the first Youth 2000 in Memphis, Tennessee. Right. Um, and that's when I started to sing. But I was so bad that my dad said, you know, honey, I think you really should just stick to piano. Are you serious? <laughs> you couldn't sing? I'm serious. So then I started taking voice lessons because I'm also very competitive. I guess that's, I don't know, maybe that's a Garcia thing. Yeah. But I was really competitive and... Um, and really worked hard uh, to be able to to improve that so that I could do uh, ministry in a better capacity. And when did you start writing songs? I started writing around 16. I'd always kind of written poetry yeah. and rhymes, um, particularly when I was going through my depression. Um, just really, uh, they were really dark and tragic poems, but... Um, I had always kind of been interested in poetry, and so then once I could play piano proficiently and started to sing, that's when I started to write songs, mm-hmm. so around 16, 17. Um, and then I, that progressed when I met John and Gotti. Okay. my music director yes. in Memphis, and um, he and I started to co-write things. I see. Yeah, we know John. He, he's been on this show, and, and I know him well. Um, I, I want to go back. Sorry, you, you, so you, 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 you refer to this situation as a as an as an adolescent as a depression was it uh, diagnosed as that I never received any kind of counseling and that's one thing that I tell parents you know my parents when I brought this to them because I had started cutting I had started considering suicide and um, they said oh you know it's just a phase but my mom struggles with um, clinical depression as well yeah so um, 
you know, they said, you know, it's just a phase, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. But I I was very close. If I hadn't gone to this retreat, I, I don't know that I would have made it through my teenage years. Um, but the one thing that always kept me from suicide was I believed at the time that if I did kill myself, I would go to hell. So that's the one the little <laughs> thing yeah. that kept me kind of hanging in there. So, but okay, so wait. So did you continue struggling with depression even after your retreat experience? Or did you have like a full-blown conversion experience where you've been healed? Um, I had been healed from the cutting. Yes. Cutting, I didn't even know what cutting was until no. I became a youth minister yeah. because nobody in talked those days, about it. Nobody, yes. People did it in private. Now, you know, it's almost trendy sometimes. Yes. But um, the cutting, I was healed from. The depression, no. I, I still struggled with that, but I felt that I had a coping mechanism now. My coping was prayer right. um, and turning that over to the Lord and just, crying out, please, you know, help me, help me through this, help me get out of bed this morning, help me, yeah. you know, um, in my life. Yeah, that's a good coping mechanism. Prayer is good. So then your your mission, I think that's what you call it, to, to, to let people know that we're all wonderfully made in God's image, that's really what saved you. Yes. That, yes. You're, that you're wonderfully, not just made in God's image, but wonderfully made. Right. And that's what I try when I when I go out and do ministry. I mean, even to adults, you'd be amazed how yes. many adults don't believe that they are wonderfully made in God's image. Yes. And so that's what I feel God has put on my heart. Um, because and I and I always tell people after my retreat, everything changed, but nothing changed. Uh-huh. You know. Uh huh. Yes. So it's one of those things where all of a sudden you have a purpose. You you realize God loves you, and there's a reason for you to be here. And, and you cling to that, but then, you know, nothing healed. I didn't all of a sudden turn into this super popular model, right. you know, <laughs> girl. I, it was um, a very painstaking process of taking better care of myself, um, dealing with different issues in my family, and um, clinging through faith through all of that. Right, right. Now, I, and I know that, I mean, you are a, a singer, you're a songwriter, but you're also a, a speaker. That's that's a great part of what you do is, um, like I know at the end of August, you're going to be at a, at a women's conference. So um, how much of that, and I know that you can't be who you, you can't be who you're not, but you're a wife, you're a mother. How has that influenced your whole mission? Well, I think I understand the love of God as father, um, as parent more now as as I am a parent than I ever right. yeah. ever did before. You know, when you have your child and you you love that child more than you love yourself. Yes. Um, it's such a deeper uh, love um, to experience, and so that has brought me closer to the Lord. As far as the practicals of ministry, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's been a challenge because we've got little ones. Our oldest is almost five. So oh, we yeah. have a four, three, almost two-year-old, and then one due at the beginning of August. Yes. <laughs> so it's a busy household. But we try to, you know, really discern what events are we going to take on. Um, is there a possibility to bring the kids along with us and have family watch them or friends watch them? And right. God has always provided mm-hmm. from that practical standpoint. Um, we've never been, you know, up a creek without a paddle in terms of... <laughs> including our family in the ministry, or um, sometimes I'll take off by myself, and uh, David, my husband, will be with the kids. Right, 
Right. So I should, I guess I should say congratulations on number four. He's, so Thank you coming, very much. Coming short. I mean, he, he, baby's here. She's not out of your womb. Um, um, tell me about the new album that you're, is this the first album that you're working on with your husband, David? Tell me about that. Yes. Well, my husband is a phenomenal guitar player. Uh-huh. Um, that's why I, I married him is because I couldn't <laughs> afford he, any more musicians. So <laughs> he can't do anything but, else, but he can play guitar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's got a very unique style, kind of flamenco, but also, um, you know, very rhythmic and melodic. Uh, and so he yeah. and I decided, you know, we should do something together. We are always playing together. Um, people often, when they book me, if they can't get a keyboard or a piano, they'll book, you know, my right. husband as well so that he can accompany me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we, we write together, and it's so funny because everybody says, you guys are so lucky that you can do music together. And we say, oh, it is the thing we fight about <laughs> the most. <laughs> yeah. When there is passion and music, there is love, and there is also anger. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's been a great partnership. We, we have realized that we, are, um, we bring out be better in the other person mm-hmm. when it comes to songwriting and music. And so we're really excited about this project um, that'll be coming out at the end of the summer. Okay, good. So we're looking forward to that. Um, and I'm sure that that's a good excuse to get you back on the program. Um, so that's all the time we have, Noel. It's been really good. I've, I've heard about you. I've listened to your music for several years now. So this is very exciting to finally have you on the program. Um, for people... Um, that are in the San Antonio area, you're going to be speaking at this women's conference, the Pilgrim Center of Hope Catholic Apostolate in San Antonio is having you over for a women's conference. So that's August 28th. Um, there's more information on your website, so I c- I'll, I'll make sure people uh, can find that, noelgarciamusic.net. Um, but thank you. Thank you for uh, um, um, sharing what you do with us, and I'm excited that you're learning Spanish. Uh-huh. Yes. So that we could do our little interview in Spanish next time. How's that? Okay, we're doing in Spanish. Definitivamente. Okay, Noel, uh, enjoy and uh, and uh, welcome to the world, to the new little one. Thank you. God bless. That was Noel Garcia. You can find out more about her, purchase her music, or book her for your event at her website, noelgarciamusic.net. It's Noel, N-O-E-L-L-E, noelgarciamusic.net. I'll put that link on our site so you can find it easily. Here now is Noel Garcia with Come Be My Light from her album, Set the World on Fire. I heard you call my name, you called me to come home. I found you in the dark when I thought I was all alone. And now I'm comforted by your embrace and a love I've never known. How could I ever leave? I'm yours. Come be my light, 
were listening to Noel Garcia with Come Be My Light from her album Set the World on Fire. And that will bring us to the end of the program this week. Remember that if you missed part of this program, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where we post links to our artists and guests. So check it out. Remember to like us at Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1, and send us your comments on what you've heard on this program. You can also like me on Facebook, Deacon Pedro, and you can follow me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. Thanks for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.